Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 14, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Believe it or not, there's actually a lot on the docket today. We're going to take a look at a wide range or a wide variety of different topics throughout this video. Obviously, we're going to cover the charts. The first thing we're going to look at is the daily chart of the SPY and what jumps off the page at us. Does anything jump off the page? Oh my goodness, we have a red candle. What a shocker. This is the first red candle since the 25th of March. Now, those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, will recognize that this candle comes in on time. It's funny how that works. That's one thing. Let's talk about other things. We're extended too far from home base. We know that. We talk about it all the time. Doesn't mean they can't continue to be extended from home base. But once they get too far, they tend to come back toward home base. They tend to go sideways or let home base have a chance to catch up to price. Either way, or a combination of those two things, when price gets too far. However, we can't say Here's when it's too far, here's the line in the sand, now they have to come back to home base. It's more of a guideline type of situation. What else do we have? The market's at new highs. They made another intraday new high today. It's really meaningless at this point. We're in what we call no man's land. Will some traders look at today's activity and today's candle and want to call it a top? And the answer is absolutely yes. Could they be right? We don't know when they're going to be right. We don't know from what price or from what day or minute or hour the top will come in. Took a crack at that a couple of times. Worked in the short term, didn't work in the long term. We're going to wait for the market to give us the signal of a trend change. It has signs and signals. That's another set of material from the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. So all of a sudden you start to see what's in there. It's a combination of price and time. Time is more important than price, but having an understanding, a foundational understanding of both is paramount if you're going to find success in the market. Now, just because there's a red candle doesn't mean the market's going to collapse from here. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We don't know that. I'm in the camp, and I've been saying this for several days, I'm in the camp where in the middle of this melt-up operation, we could see, we have the ingredients on the table to see what's known as a blow-off type of scenario. What's a blow-off? We talked about it last night. We don't know how high they could go, but we know, for example, what's the next big fat round number, 4,200. Could they shoot up 40, 50, 60, 70 S&P handles in a day or two? Of course they can. I think the ingredients is on the table for that scenario to take place doesn't have to take place. You can't buy the market expecting it to take place. However, if it does take place, it puts a whopper of a trade possibility on the table. At present, we have to go with the trend is your friend until she throws you out. Today's SPY had lighter than or less than the average daily volume. Average daily volume, and this is calculated based on a 90-day rolling cycle, 84,688 and change. Today was 58 and a half. Therefore, what you did not have, and this is the reason I bring this up, 
you did not have what's called institutional participation in one direction or the other. That's also another way to say conviction. You need conviction in the market to have any meaningful push in one direction or the other. Just chopping around a dollar or here and there on the SPY 10, 15 handles in the S&P 500, that's not meaningful movement. That's just computers trading the market back and forth. Yesterday, I flipped around some charts to show that all the charts pretty much look the same. Well, all of a sudden, things begin to change a little bit when the market has movement. We see the first down day, even though it wasn't by that much, but first down day in a long time. So all of a sudden, some charts begin to just change their face a little bit. We looked at the 240 chart, and here's a down candle to finish the day on the 240 chart. Now, it did have almost average volume. You could see here at the bottom, 27,774, and that's against average volume of 28.5 million. So it's pretty much on average. Not tremendous, but something worth noting. Not sure if it's a puzzle piece just yet, but we're watching. The tape will morph from shorter time frames to larger time frames. Keep in mind, the more dominant thing that we're looking at is the uptrend. The trend is up on all the time frames, therefore, and I should qualify that, all the larger time frames. Some of the shorter ones have actually turned down, but that's a short-term intraday thing. We'll get to that in a little while. But as long as the larger time frames trend remains in the upward direction, the only thing this is until it's not, until it morphs into something else. What this is, is just a little bit of a pullback. Keep in mind, we started the month of April around 400. Around today's high, they were up about 140 S&P handles in two weeks. Let's put everything in perspective. That's stupid. It doesn't work like that. And when I say it doesn't work like that, obviously price is the absolute. It did work like that. The point is it's too far too fast. Again, there's no set in stone measurement for that, but that's not the way healthy markets work. Therefore, we're going to see a pullback. Even if the larger uptrend is still intact, you're going to have pullbacks along the way. That's what markets do. It's nothing to do really with the SPY today or yesterday or tomorrow. Just generally speaking, markets don't go up in a straight line. They don't go down in a straight line. They don't go horizontal in a straight line. They ebb and they flow. They go back and forth. They ebb and they flow. This 240 chart, nowhere near the home base 20 period moving average. When I see that, I call that in between current price and home base, a lot of white space. How about the 120 minute chart? Interestingly enough, we see them came into the 20 period moving average on this chart. Found some support, bounced off of it. Garden variety stuff. Just so happens today, that the 20 period moving average on this chart was just underneath 411. Now, you'll also see in a few moments from inside the numbers that one of the important spots put on the board early in the morning was also 411. Had nothing to do with this 20 period moving average on this chart, but you start to understand when you see a full stack. And when I see a full stack where there's a moving average on one chart, an important number from another reason, the evidence begins to build 
on why that spot is important and buyers and or sellers would show up depending on whether the market was rising or falling, you're gonna get buyers or sellers. Now all of a sudden, we get to the hourly chart and we notice, hey, now they're below the 20 period moving average. All of a sudden, did the short term trend just turn down? Well, I'm not gonna say the hourly chart turns down until it's below the 50 period moving average, the 20 isn't necessarily going to make or break a trend change, but it's interesting to note nonetheless. Again, putting it in perspective, up 140 handles in two weeks, expect some back and forth. We haven't had any back and forth in several days, but normally, under normal garden variety market conditions, and when I say that, we use the 80-20 rule, 80% 80 of the time, the same crap happens over and over and over again, all the time. 20% of the time, something different is going on than what you would expect from the norm. So the norm is for the market to go back and forth. The norm is not for the market to go up 14 days in a row. It can, it did, but understand that that's in the 20% camp. That's in the type of thing that just normally isn't gonna happen. You have to look a long time to find many instances on the chart where you find 14 days up without a corrective move at all. They're out there, but you gotta look for them. Now, we're gonna take a detour for a moment and talk about something unrelated. There's no good place to insert this thing into this video, so I'm just gonna go for it because I wrote it down in my notes and there's no chance I'm passing over this. What I do sometimes is I'll watch some CNBC for material. I need to hear what they're saying from time to time. I like to know what they're saying. Most of the time I use it as entertainment value, get a few laughs. Just so happens in the few minutes while I turned on the sound this morning, Mr. Kramer was on TV. Now, I'm not talking about any particular individual. I don't have any ill will or ill feelings toward any individual. However, I can't help but call this one out. He said, and I quote, the balance sheet is so clean among American consumers, end quote. What is he talking about? My opinion, and my opinion is only worth what my opinion is worth, but my opinion is that's an irresponsible statement. That couldn't be farther from the truth. You're saying that most Americans don't have a mountain of debt that they can't climb out from? You're saying that most Americans don't live paycheck to paycheck? You're saying that most Americans could foot the bill for a three or four or $5,000 emergency bill if it showed up? Bullshit. Pretty good place to change topics once again, don't you think? It's hump day. Today will mark the official first day of earnings season. The awareness is a possible blow-off move within the melt-up operation. We know that didn't happen today, but that was on the board at zero dark 30. Let's see what else we've got in the early thoughts. The band plays on as they're still in float mode, pushing should be slowly up into no man's land. The numbers look like this. As long as they're above 412 on 10, 15 minute, and especially hourly closes, they remain in the most bullish position and poised for higher. Below 412, and they become suspect, and below 411 on candle closes, especially another hourly one, would signal the bulls are running out of steam for the short run. Now, maybe read that again, pause the video and read it again if you don't mind, because I think it's extremely important. There was 
412 on the board at zero dark 30, and you know the routine right of the vertical is today's activity. Here is a five minute chart, and you can see 412 is running right across the middle of the screen. And when the market came into 412, you could see that all of a sudden, for some reason or other, it's important and they're fighting that spot. As soon as they started waking up in the afternoon, they started fighting 412. And then you can see into the end of the day, they tried to run up and recapture it, rejected, couldn't do it, closed below. What was the other number on the board? 411. And by the way, how is it that these numbers are put on the board bright and early, first thing in the morning, and they still work later in the day? How is that? Well, I'll give you two possible answers. And one is gonna circle back to something that'll really make a lot of sense and maybe a light bulb might come on for some of you. But the first reason is what we call in technical terms, FM. F as in Frank, M as in Mary, FM. If you're already thumbing through your chartered market technician book, I'll save you the trouble. The second letter stands for magic. I'll let you fill in the first. The other answer is when prices or spots or zones come from larger time frames, they're going to work from an intraday perspective the majority of the time. When a price comes from a shorter time frame, it's more susceptible to not work. Why is that? Because the larger time frames are always dominant. Now, you're not going to know which time frame I'm getting a price from, and that's by design. But if I'm getting a price, for example, from a weekly time frame, intra-week, they could fight that price, they could test that price 15, 20 times. Who knows? And by the way, and this is also of note, this is something you need to write down on a sticky note. And this is really for conceptual purposes. So let's say we're talking about different time frames. So we have a weekly chart. Intra-week, they could be above, they could be below. But closing the week, the Friday close in this example, is what's important. The daily chart, same thing. Intraday, they're above, they're below. But where the day closes, it's important. Where they close the day is always important. It's always how they close them, not how they trade them. You see how they ramp them up into the end of the day or kill them into the close. And all of a sudden, the closing price becomes important. That last candle all of a sudden becomes important. The market closes on a certain price because the market thinks that price is important on that day. If the market thinks a price is important, I wanna know about it. All right, that was a detour. Let's get back inside the numbers. It was a very, very quiet morning once again. We know about the 412. And what we're saying here is 412 should be tested. There should be a bounce. The buy the dip crowd should show up at 412. They didn't get to 412 earlier in the day, they came into it later, and technically speaking, that still produced a bounce, but they ended up going pretty deep all the way down to 411.19, and we knew 411 was also another number. So when you have two numbers like that, and just like stocks on the move, traders sometimes will buy half a position at one, half a position at the other, they never got to the other, that's just the concept. Your aggressive trader is going to jump in at 412. Your conservative trader is gonna wait for 411. Your middle of the road trader is gonna do both. Let's see what else we have. 931, INFY came up short. That was one of the stocks on the move. We'll circle back to those. We didn't have any that actually hit the way in which we need them to hit. However, we'll look at some of the charts because the numbers still work. Doing the thing is one thing. 
doing it in the manner in which we need them to do it to give us the high probability trade is something different. We need both. If we don't have both, no dice. That's how I treat it as a business. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 936, so we have some resistance on the board. 413.42. They actually got there. They went a little bit higher as well. And here's where they're pushing on the highs. They're getting into no man's land first thing in the morning. So here's what I put up on the board at 944. Getting above and closing candles above puts them in no man's land again. Can they do it? It's a little bit early for a breakout, in my humble opinion. Doesn't mean they can't, just my opinion. Why? If they were going to break out early, and remember, we're talking about 944 in the morning. If they were going to break out early, why not gap them up at the open? It's not that they can't trade through. Of course they can. It's just that early in the day, if their intention was to start moving higher already, why not just do it in the pre-market like they do all the time? So that was inside my head. I think there were some traders later in the day that put that together with some other things and actually took a short trade and it worked out in their favor. So kudos to them. And that's where this stuff becomes beneficial, right? Just because I don't say short the market here at this price at this time doesn't mean that you're not learning, that you're not learning every single day in here, that you didn't learn from the course, lazy e-mini trader, you put this stuff together, you find a full stack, trader's choice. My objective is for you to become self-sufficient. What I'm giving you with the numbers is a crutch. I'm giving you, hey, look, if they're above here or below here, here's the next thing. So you have a guideline. Sometimes they're just a slap you in the face trade. And obviously I put those on the board too. But we were in float mode. There really wasn't a trade on the board. Not one that I'm willing to put out to the community. There's stuff in here to learn every single day, all day. You have to pick through all the stuff and you have to write down these little nuances that show up inside the numbers every day. I'm telling you, this is the PhD, the three pillar approach. One is the videos posted on YouTube every single day. That's continuing education. The foundation of how the markets work, that's learned and taught through lazy e-mini trader. And then the PhD and the third wheel is inside the numbers. Let's see what else we have as the day moves along. At the time, the IWM was up nicely, the transports were up nicely, Smash Mouth was up, financials were up. There was nothing bearish on the board at this time. The ingredients for the continued melt-up and blow-off portion of a melt-up was certainly on the table. Not to be today. Doesn't mean it can't be tomorrow. Again, one of those things. It, it's there, the ingredients is there, the recipe is on the table. We don't know that they will do it, but they can do it. I think I've said that at least half a dozen times. So if you're hearing something different, like they are gonna do it, you might wanna rewind the tape and listen again. This video is starting to get long in the tooth. I had a lot to say. So we're gonna accelerate the notes a little bit. Just something I wanted to post up a little bit of a picture and here was the reason. What are they doing? They're eating time off the clock. This was an hourly chart in a chop shop formation, building energy for the next move higher. A picture is worth a hundred words, back as needed. Well, guess what? That's what they were doing at the time. In the market, things change on a dime. We're moving right along. They weren't doing anything, still 
quiet as a mouse until they started to move. They woke up a little bit, we start talking about 412 and 411 again, and the rest is history. You know what happened, you saw the charts, the numbers were on the board, they were repeated over and over and over again, and what I'd like you to do is pause the video, scroll up, read the notes. You could see, unlike most days, the longer the day went on, the more notes showed up on the chart when the market began to move. If they're not doing anything, I don't have anything to say. When they start to move, I have a lot to say. I have the information. I'm willing to disseminate the information. Here's something extremely important that I wanna go over before we leave inside the numbers or at least go to stocks on the move. This was at 320, here's the way it works from here. We're gonna wrap up the day. So I'll urge traders who are insistent on being in a trade until the very last minute not to get chopped up. You've got the numbers. 4.12.30, I raised it a little bit into the end of the day, is now the pivot. I needed them to be above that to catch a rally. Into the end of the day, anything goes. Today, below the pivot, they are susceptible to get down to 4.09.50, give or take. Above the pivot and the shorts will get issued their cupcake in the face for the day to round out what is a whip saw Wednesday, and that's pretty much what we had. They sent them up, they sent them back down, Whipsaw Wednesday, I don't know who coined the phrase, but during the week of options expiration week, we see higher volatility on Wednesday, most likely than any other day of that particular week. Why is that? Who knows? You'd have to ask somebody a lot smarter than me. Just so you see the list, stocks on the move, we had five opportunities on the board. None of them hit in the way in which we like them right up until the opening bell or right at the opening bell, a couple of them dipped real quick to open below the number. So it was a little bit of a screw job on a couple of these. So we'll look at a couple of charts just to show you that what? Yeah, the numbers work. Stitch fix. Early in the day, they didn't get to the number. They hovered around it or over it all day long. End of the day, they come into the number. They do a deal, but that's not our deal. That's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for the one that eats time off the clock right above the number all day and then comes into it around the end of the day. That's not the type of trade we want, but the numbers work. Here's one of the screw jobs. Bed Bath & Beyond was getting a nice buzz cut at the open. 2437 was the number on the board. The second number was below. It never hit the second number. Doesn't matter. We didn't get in the trade. We would have had they hit the second number, but they didn't. So what happened was they opened below the first, it's off the table, it's either the second number or bust. It was a bust, no trade, we have to move on. But guess what? The numbers work. How do I know that? Look what happened at the end of the day, 24.37. Unbelievable. How about the resistance after they opened below the number was what? Around the same number, 24.37, give or take a penny or two. What have I been telling you? The numbers work. In this particular case, the trade didn't happen, but the numbers still work. Another screw job, Infosys. 1766 was the number on the board. The second number was 1720. They didn't get there. The low was 1724. So they missed the second number by four cents, and they opened at 1750 below the first number. No trade. That's okay. They didn't go anywhere, so I'd rather have a no trade that sit in a trade all day long and have it not going anywhere. The other ones really didn't come close, so we don't have to look at those charts. What we do want to look at is Camp IWM. So this is interesting. Let's pick this one apart. What's the first thing that jumps off the page on the daily chart? Well, we've been talking about this 
bearish flaggish pattern, the moving averages, the convergence of the moving averages. We've been talking about this breakdown candle high, 224.37. So what happened today? They went all the way up to 226, but they didn't close the day above 224.37. So that's interesting. So technically speaking, the same pattern that was there yesterday is there today. Now they did close above the moving averages, but still we know that the moving average thing is diminished, but they weren't able to close above that breakdown candle high, that last breakdown candle high. So that's the number we're watching, 224.37. Until and unless they can close a day above that, no dice. Here's an hourly chart and there's 224.37. So you'll see what happened. They ran right up there to get above, they started trading above it, closing hourly above it, and then once they got back below it, that was it. They fell pretty quickly. When you see that kind of price action, you know that that price is important. Once they gave it up, they fell pretty fast. Just as an aside, if you're looking at this chart and it's intraday and you're trading and you're watching, normally you're watching a shorter term chart. Most traders don't watch an hourly chart. I think you should watch as many charts as you can get your hands on. The more charts you're looking at, the more information you have. Well, what did you see on this? So just for argument's sake, let's kind of walk through what would have been in my mind had I been watching this during the day, this particular chart, I would have said to myself, hey, they're gonna come down to run a test of the breakup candle low. Here you have some moving averages. So somewhere in this neighborhood, they're gonna get a bounce. Somewhere in here, the buy the dip crowd is going to show up. Now, all in all, I would have been looking for lower. I would have been looking for a test near the low of that breakup candle. The low was 221.80. So spiking through 222 would have probably been what I would have been looking for to get into a long side scalp trade. Again, it's just a little tidbit lesson to file away in your brain. Anything doing with the folks down at the transportation department? Not really, we can just move it along. They didn't do anything. Uh-oh, the Qs have a reversal candle. Now, they don't have the accompanying volume to go along with the reversal candle. We're looking for a full stack. We have one thing, we have a reversal candle, but all they really did was fill a gap. But we have something else, and most traders won't really see this, but they closed below the gap. I like to look at that as a little bit of a tell. Did they fill a gap? bounce off of it and close above it? Or did they fill a gap and were not able to bounce off of it and close below it? Closing below it is a bearish sign. And again, we use the 80-20 rule with this stuff. 80% of the time, give or take, it's a bearish sign. The anomaly is the 20% of the time, maybe they rip them back up tomorrow. But the way I look at it is closing below the gap is a bearish sign if you have to pick a side. They're high on the chart, well above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, all that stuff. It's a down day. Let's put it in perspective. The market was up for 14 days in a row. It's allowed to have a down day. The Qs were down 1%. They were up 10% or more in 14 days. Just keep it in perspective. The financials, the XLF. Again, we have one of those scenarios where they tried to break out, they weren't able to do it. Will they try again tomorrow? We don't know, but their trend is up and they're trying. They're trying to eclipse on a closing basis the former high, 35.29. Did they get it here? I forget. Yeah, 35.30, that was by one penny. And then today they spiked it all the way up in the 40s, but closed below the former high. 
So, so far, they have a fake out, not a breakout, but they're hanging around the highs. There's been no rejection. There's no reason to believe that they can't or won't bust through and make another high. Just looking at the tape, being the umpire, calling balls and strikes. Smash Mouth, same routine. Here's what we talked about yesterday and before that in Smash Mouth. The low is 248.03. What was the low today? 249.02. So they haven't yet, but came close to running a test of the most recent breakup candle low. If they get below that, the door opens to fill the gap, and the gap happens to be 243.55. Until and unless they get below this area here, then it's just a running sideways eating time off the clock type of scenario. Nothing more, nothing less. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.